Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to the Give Me Understanding podcast. I'm the host, Aaron Dodson, and this is a 10-minute overview of the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles is probably considered one of the more difficult and certainly most unusual books of the Bible by students of the Word of God. First and Second Chronicles are one book in the Hebrew Bible, and they constitute Israel's historical annals. They scope the entire Old Testament from Adam to the Babylonian captivity, and then the Persian decree that enabled the exiles to return back to Palestine, back to Canaan. But in this episode, we're not looking at First and Second Chronicles as a whole, but rather First Chronicles individually. First Chronicles. After enduring Babylonian captivity, there was a remnant of Jews that returned to Canaan to reinstate true worship, Mosaic religion, under the leadership of Ezra. And they desperately needed to be reminded of their spiritual roots. They needed their religious foundation relayed. It is probable that Ezra wrote First and Second Chronicles. We do not know for certain because the text does not state. Some have surmised that Jeremiah wrote it. In my mind, it would be more likely that Ezra, Ezra wrote it because he lived, we know for sure, he lived after the Babylonian captivity. And the writer of First and Second Chronicles has skillfully selected historical details. Of course, he's inspired by God. He's guided by the Holy Spirit. But he selects certain historical details that would re-educate these individuals who were exiles regarding the, the foundational principles of their religion, the religion of the one true God, Jehovah God, Judaism at that time. He would help them to understand and to know the proper place of the law, the temple, and the priesthood. And much of it is about the covenant relationship that the Jews had with God and that God had given to them. But the nation was to learn from their mistakes. If they did not learn, as the old saying goes, those who refuse to learn from the blunders of the past are doomed to repeat them. And so, <clears throat> the key to their future lied um, in their past. That is, the success for their future. And the same concept is true today for us. The key to our future success lies in our past. We go back and we recognize who Jesus is, and then we go back even before that, and we recognize how God created the heavens and the earth. He's our creator, our sustainer, etc. As you go through First Chronicles, you, you recognize very early on in the first part a lot of genealogies. The first <clears throat> nine chapters, well, eight chapters, record a lot of genealogies. And genealogies make for boring reading for most people today. But those genealogies were essential to the Jews who had to keep accurate records of their family ties, and they needed that for many reasons. They needed to know their tribe, their clan, their family relationships, because property ownership was supposed to stay within the tribe. And in situations where a kinsman redeemer would rescue a poor person, uh, he had to prove that he was indeed a near relative. 
That might make you think of the book of Ruth. The firstborn son received twice as much inheritance as did the other sons. And of course, the priests and the Levites had to prove that they were from the tribe of Levi or they were not permitted to serve. There's hundreds of names listed here, and some of them are difficult to pronounce. But these names represent people whom God used to maintain the living link with the promises and the covenants of the past. So lest we just brief over the names real quickly, we need to recognize that these names represent people that God used to maintain the living link with the promises and the covenants of the past. The Jews were chosen by God and given promises that would ultimately affect all the world. And had there been a break in this chain of living links, the Savior could not have been born into this world. So, what we learn from the Old Testament, much of it, is that God was preserving this nation to produce Messiah. And these genealogies would have helped them to identify who they were and the land that they were to be living in once they, go, once they went back from captivity. Now, a lot of those, these people that are listed are unknown to us today, who they were, what they did. And then a few of them are somewhat famous. But God used all of them to accomplish His purposes. And when you read the Bible and you remember people like Abraham, Isaac, you know, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David. But were it not for a great many lesser known people, those men would not have been on the scene. And so we need to be thankful for those that seem to be forgotten people that help the so-called famous people get where they need to be. And so throughout these genealogies, you read there are names of people who are given special identification, and you can learn a lot of lessons from them. And I'm not going to go into that because this is an overview. But First Chronicles 9.1 says, it gives us the gist of those first eight chapters. So all Israel was recorded by genealogies, and indeed they were inscribed in the book of the kings of Israel. But Judah was scattered away, excuse me, but Judah was carried away captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. That's a good summary. Uh, and then there's this uh, overview I'd like to give you that's given by Nelson Bibles. The books of First and Second Chronicles cover the same period of Jewish history described in Second Samuel through Second Kings, but the perspective is different. These books are no mere rep repetition of the same material, but rather form a divine editorial of the history of God's people. While 2 Samuel and 1 and 2 Kings give a political history of Israel and Judah, 1 and 2 Chronicles present a religious history of the Davidic dynasty of Judah. And that's what we need to remember. 1 and 2 Chronicles present a religious history of the Davidic dynasty of Judah. So very important. Critical to the history of Messiah. The former are written from a prophetic and moral viewpoint, and the latter, First and Second Chronicles, they are from a priestly and spiritual perspective. The book of First Chronicles begins with the royal line of David and then traces the spiritual significance of David's righteous reign. There's a lot that could be said, but I have limited myself to uh, 10 minutes in an overview. And so... 
Um, let me see what else I can say in just a few more minutes. I encourage you to dig down into these uh, books because, again, Chronicles begins with Adam, ends with the decree uh, of Cyrus that allowed the Jews to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. You have genealogies uh, from chapters 1 through 9. Chapter 10 relates the death of Saul. And then chapters 11 through 29, the reign of David. And there's a twofold purpose of the Chronicles. It's to confirm the, the redemptive, uh, excuse me, the redemption through the seed of David, uh, to insulate the post captivity generation from the influence of idolatry, enabling them to serve God faithfully in Canaan and reflect the light of God and, and in truth to the pagan nations around them. Now, although our purpose is a little different because we're not looking for the Messiah to come a first time, yet we are looking for Messiah to come the second time. And we need to insulate ourselves from the influence of the world. We do not need to become captive to the false ideas and false beliefs and false religions that the world system offers. Now, what I want to give you very quickly before I close out is a brief, brief outline of First Chronicles. The first nine chapters detail genealogies from Adam to David. You've got Adam to Abraham, Abraham to Jacob, Jacob to David, David to captivity, the 12 tribes, and then citizens of Jerusalem and Saul's family. Chapters 10 through 29 details about David's life and reign, the death of Saul, David's ascension and capture of Jerusalem, David's mighty supporters, transportation of the ark, victory over the Philistines, the ark being brought to Jerusalem, thanksgiving and a commemoration service, uh, request to build the temple is denied, but the Davidic covenant is affirmed in chapter 17. You read about wars, sinful census, temple preparations, the Levites were organized, David's military and civil leaders are listed, and then there's a farewell address to the nation and to his son Solomon, an anticipation of Solomon constructing the temple. And then there is an ascension of Solomon and death of David recorded in the last chapter. I want to encourage you to dig down into First Chronicles, go through the genealogies, don't be scared of them, but try to appreciate them for what they are, and don't worry about pronouncing the names just right, and try to get the gist of what God was wanting the people of that time to remember as they came out of Babylonian captivity, and how they were to be a stronger and brighter light as they went back to their homeland and anticipated the coming of Messiah. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope that it's helped you in some way. God bless, and I will catch you next time.